This show contains strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of cisnormativity in cosmetology and transphobia from customers. It also contains discussion about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out whatever it is that cishet people think it is we're doing. Uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? We've got another return guest that I'm very excited to chat with, although I have been chatting in his uh, chair at work uh, several times over the past couple of months. It's Dana B. Hello. Uh, gl- glad to be back. Yeah. Lovely back, to have you back. Back in the illustrious, beautiful Gay Agenda studios where we record every episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> we have one of those and it is very cool. <laughs> yeah. The, the fun fact about it is we can afford it. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about you, Dana, for anybody who managed to miss your first episode. Catch us up. Well, things have taken quite a, a drastic turn for the better in the last three or so years since my last episode. At the time, I was planning a lifestyle blogging venture, but that kind of fell through the cracks because of COVID. And mm. at, at the time, mm. I was on a hiatus from my current career because I hadn't really found the right place to work. But fortunately, just before the pandemic started, I returned to my roots, pun intended. I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) They're stepping up to your throne, Jay. Uh, It's a big throne. We can all sit on it. That's true. The pun thrones for everybody. I I also dabble in improv on the side, but that's a whole other realm. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. And uh, I have been a licensed cosmetologist for coming up on nine years and have worked in a variety of salon settings But the difference now is that I'm working in a place where I have a solid support system and I'm fully able to carry out my passion. This is something I've wanted to do since I was very, very young. Um, When I was a kid, both of my parents had hairstylists that they loved and would take me with them to their appointments. And even just sitting in the waiting area, I was so inspired not only by how passionate their stylists were, respectively, but um, by seeing other clients just be so in love with their new looks. (gasps) Was that Beaker? Yes, it was. Beaker! Bonus guest. Oddly enough, I was uh, rather afraid of change. I didn't care to do really anything wild with my hair growing up. Plus, it was kind of frowned upon actually when I wanted to start experimenting. But I loved watching other people get made over. 
And I, I remember being about nine years old and uh, flipping through the channels and coming across a makeover show, one of the one of the earliest ones, Fashion Emergency. And I watched that show religiously because I knew if I wanted to pursue a career in the hair industry, I would need to start, you know, versing myself early on. Mm-hmm. But and um, one of my mom's oldest first cousins was a hairstylist for a very long time, recently retired. And she tried to talk me out of it when I was very young because she um, wanted to warn me of the physical demands of the profession. And she Mm. only ever worked for herself and had to pay out of pocket for everything. But I lucked out. I ended up working for a company that offers benefits to their employees. So that's a nice advantage. Rad. And along the line, I was um, discouraged from pursuing cosmetology in favor of going down the academic path and doing something that school administrators and my family deemed intellectual. But somehow, Mm. even though to appease the adults in my life, I thought of careers like ASL interpreter and graphic designer and Spanish Mm. interpreter. Um, I still always wanted to be a cosmetologist. So finally, after graduating from Temple in 2011 and uh, working for Disney for six months after, I came back to Philly and eventually enrolled in cosmetology school at the Jean Madeline Aveda Institute. That's great. You finally like made your way back around to it after yeah. a good solid while of wanting to do it, sounds like. Yeah. Um, I may have mentioned on the last episode that my motivation to get through school was not hearing my friends sing beauty school dropout to me. Oh, God. <laughs> and as much as I love Greece, I did not want to hear that song every day. I did not want to be a real life Frenchie. So, um I made it through school in 10 and a half months without missing any time and was the first in my class to graduate. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I wonder how many uh, cosmetologists and all that got uh, like a kick in the pants from Gre- like Greece probably changed a good solid few lives back there. <laughs> it, it definitely changed my life. Um, but what Frenchie did wouldn't fly nowadays because I guess the, almost uh, 70 something years ago you could drop out of high school to go to beauty school but now at the bare Mm. minimum most cosmetology schools want to see your high school diploma or a ged Mm. Mm -hmm. fair enough so frenchie didn't really need like a angel to condescend to her she probably just needed like a career counselor to be like look that's awesome but like just so you know you're gonna want to stick this one out Definitely. I mean, Frankie Avalon was a nice plus, but she she could have benefited from a guidance counselor who was supportive of her path. Unlike sure. the ones at my high school who were like, stay on an academic track and go to college. But mm. at the end of the day, college is not for everyone. I mean, I will say no. I'm glad I went to college because most of my friends that I met there, I'm still friends with. Right. But it, I could have started a whole lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, like, <laughs> I was about to ask, like, what your 
career looks like right now as a queer hairstylist, but I know a good bit because I've been your client for a, a good solid few months now. And I've, I've been enjoying very much having you in my chair. Um, but I arrived at this, you know, having a special passion for serving the LGBTQ plus community and my fellow non-binary trans folk, um, because all through cosmetology school and the first couple salons that I worked in, it was very gender specific mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was often pigeonholed into presenting a certain way so as to retain clients and to portray a specific image. And it just didn't feel right. Uh, In addition, a lot of salons were charging by gender. And for the time that I was on hiatus and going to a salon that I absolutely loved, I was put off by the fact that every time I would call to book a service, I would inevitably be scheduled for a woman's service. Mm -hmm. Even Mm. though I was out to my stylist there, the receptionist had no idea. I I hadn't even gone on tea yet. And um, side, side news uh, just past two years on tea. So that's the biggest change since the last interview. Congrats. So happy for you. Thank you. And um, for for fear that people wouldn't get it, I wasn't out to most of my clients in the first maybe four salons that I worked in. Mm. But when I started working for Supercuts after I um, ended my hiatus, I, I had uh, an advantage. My my then manager was a, a friend of mine. He actually used to teach cosmetology at Jean Madeline. He wasn't my teacher, but he taught there while I was a student. And he and I remained friends after I graduated. And he left the school shortly after. Mm-hmm. Having having Nathan as you know a support and as a reference was a huge help in the beginning. Um, sadly, he left about a year ago to go open his own school out in Harrisburg, and I miss him very mm. much, but we still talk. That's good. And I figured, you know, I I might as well just go all in. When I did my corporate training for Supercuts, I introduced my pronouns to the facilitator of the training, and she was, she was very good about sticking to them and... Um, even correcting the models if they misgendered me. Mm. Oh, good for you for advocating for yourself. Yeah. And maybe a few months in close, close to a year with Supercuts, I started putting my pronouns on my business card. I did notice that. Yeah. Hell yeah. And 99.9% of the time clients are very supportive. I get the occasional few questions about my identity and the sure. occasional few, are you transitioning or are you on hormones or, and I'll always respond with, that's a personal question. Mm-hmm. Good for you. But if a client walks in and I'm unsure of their pronouns, regardless of their name, I will ask them, what are your pronouns? And one time I had not sure, I'm not sure how old they were, but 
I will affectionately say a baby queer. Yes. <laughs> who I asked them what their pronouns were and they said they were so happy they could cry because hardly anyone ever asked them that. Aww. And that was one of the times it clicked for me. Aside from having you, CJ, in my chair, and aside from having this this adorable baby queer to whom I gave a gender-affirming makeover, it clicked for me. I'm my my purpose in the industry is to be a resource for my fellow queers, whether as a stylist or I mean stylist to client or stylist to stylist. Yeah, and like it definitely shows in being in the chair with you because I just pretty much any other time I've had to go get my hair cut by a professional before realizing my gender, like basically no haircuts ever felt like they made sense for me. Um, there, I remember one time in college, I wanted to get my hair cut a little shorter actually than it is right now. And um, I showed a picture to this like older woman uh, hairstylist and she looks at the picture and looks at me and it's just like, you want it like a boy? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, all right. And then just cut it like that. <laughs> she's like, all right, great. Um, but then like basically any other time that I've gone to like, you know, a local like hair cuttery or what have you, like anytime I'm in the chair, I'm like, oh, they're going to fuck this one up. Like, I don't know, like uh, every time they like do a snip, I'm just like, ooh, fuck. I've ruined my entire life just now. Um, but then like sitting in the chair with you, Dana, I was like, they're going to give me what I need. It's just going to happen. I got to trust the universe. And mm. I was correct. And I like, I've had the same hairstyle for like a good solid while now because like, it's, it's just the bomb every time. Thank you. That, that means so much to me. Um, the other thing I'll say is that I've also marketed myself on a local Facebook group, which shall remain nameless, but on mm. this group, People have posted saying, looking for a non-binary trans-friendly hairstylist that will give me the cut I want that's not, I mean, that's just the right cut, not too masculine, not too feminine. Mm -hmm. um, just, I mean, they're looking for the stylist that they'll click with. And I will always chime in, hi, I'm a non-binary trans stylist and this is where I work. And I'll say, feel free to message me anytime because other stylists will chime in or people will chime in with their recommendations of stylists that they like. And mm -hmm. more often than not, I will get messages from people on said Facebook group. And if they come in and we drive well, great. Sometimes they'll refer their friends, they'll refer their partners. And I, it, it just, adds even more to why I'm in this. It makes it all worthwhile. That's so lovely. To drastically switch from that extremely lovely note, is there something you'd like to tell cishet people for the very last time so you never <laughs> have to hear about it again? Well, it's on that same token that I'd mentioned before about, you know, not too masculine, not too feminine. I will die on this hill that hair knows no gender. Mm. I look mm -hmm. at it from a non-gendered perspective. Like I've been asked in interviews, do you prefer working on men's hair or women's hair? I will say I'm a non-binary stylist. To me, hair knows no gender. Anyone should feel comfortable going into a salon 
and trusting that they will feel comfortable communicating their vision and not being criticized or shamed or judged for what they want. Mm. Because you go into a salon to be made to feel good, not to be judged or shamed. Because I had too many of those experiences going into a salon when I was maybe between 11 to 16. Mm -hmm. Granted, I wasn't out at the time, but I wanted to be the stylist that, you know, would be the one to make everyone feel good. the, The first instance that I saw of this was in Legally Blonde, Elle and Paulette. Granted, Paulette was a male mm. technician. I always no. thought, I want a Paulette in my life, and I want to be that Paulette to somebody else. Oh, yeah. Paulette's the best. Is that Beaker still? Yes. He's <laughs> like, Daddy, why don't I get to be part of this podcast? I, I guess she misses Jay. Like, she misses me too, CJ. She can sense our vibrations mm-hmm. through the, the sound waves and what have you. She's like, last time y'all did this, I got pets. <laughs> she She's like, oh, what do you want to tell cishet people for the last time? Oh, I got a list and I'm ready to meow about it. Don't get it twisted. Well, Peter's <laughs> role in all of this is that when I get home after a day of making people look and feel their best... I get to relax with her and she makes sure I get enough rest and cuddles. So Beaker has a very important role in my, in my purpose in this community. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Good job, Beaker. Thank you for your service. Braver than the troops. Uh, So Dina, what would, uh, what is on your gay agenda? Um, To continue to provide a safe space for members of our community to get their hair done in a, in a non-judgmental supportive um, environment and to be that role model to whoever sits in my chair, because you never know what people are going through. Someone could Mm -hmm. be sitting in the chair um, after having a horrible day at work or they just lost a loved one or they're getting ready to make a big decision or a big shift in their life. And you could be the one to help them get through that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. What a good item. Absolutely. Shall we go to the game? Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Were you surprised? <laughs> we uh, no, I was, that was me turning in my chair and like cracking my knuckles. Ah, I see. <laughs> okay. I, that that did not, that the vibrations of that did not reach through the airwaves to me. I apologize. It's okay. Chase your bliss. <laughs> what what game have you prepared for us? Uh, well, hello, it's me, Jay, your camp counselor. And um, Dana, last time we spoke, we tasked you with the very important job of ranking Muppets by queerness um, and discussing uh, in which ways they, they uh, sort of fit into and support our community. I thought, well, there's a lot of Muppets, it turns out. Mm-hmm. There are. There are a whole lot. <laughs> so I made a sequel. Um, I, I, I wrote it in my, my little Google Doc as Ranking Muppets, Very Hairy Scary Version. Mm. Uh, because I tried to um, go with some of the, the, the furrier pals in the Muppets that yeah. we didn't get to last time. Does this include Excellent. Sesame Street characters? Or just the Muppet Show Muppets? It is primarily Muppet Show Muppets. I did throw in one Sesame Street 
uh, for the representation. <laughs> natch, natch. <laughs> um, and we can start with him if you'd like. Sure. Uh, our our one representative from Sesame Street, I bring to this this uh, queer table of deliberation, Oscar the Grouch. Oh. Very See, hairy, very grouchy. That's so valid of you. I was suspecting Snuffleupagus, but <laughs> Oscar the Grouch is also extremely good. Yep. Snuffleupagus is definitely pretty queer, I would guess. Yes, yes, yes. Like, that one doesn't even need to be talked about because yeah. he's fruity as hell. Next subject, Oscar the Grouch. Mm-hmm. Dana, what are you what are you feeling about Oscar the Grouch? Even though I feel like on the show he has a girlfriend, Grungetta. He's not he's he's Googling Oscar's him. pretty queer. I would say maybe he's bi. Yeah. Wait, is there is there a pun here relating to pan? Pansexual. Uh garbage pan? Yes. Is that something? Yeah. I I come down with that. Maybe maybe he has one of those in his trash can. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Hold on. I just Googled Grungetta, uh, because you're right, Dana. Um, Oscar the Grouch and Grungetta got engaged in one episode, but they called off the wedding out of fear that they would make each other too happy. Oh, no. Do with that information what you please. <laughs> Wait, I need to look her up, too. And oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's not the look I was expecting, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Grungetta gives me big, like, she-they vibes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> They're just a couple of he-they-she-theys. <gasps> yes. Yep. That's, that's, my, that's my vote. Also, Oscar has a niece named Irvine, and I, I could see him giving off the gunkle vibes. Mm, mm, absolutely. Gunkle, yes, uncle. Yes. I choose to believe that Grungetta and Oscar... Um, even though they broke off their engagement, definitely like get a place together at some point. I mean, they live in the can, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. They like get to be neighbors so that they can still keep each other miserable. And Grangetta talks to you about uh, like astrology and crystals, and then Oscar's there to talk about how it's bullshit. Oscar and Grangetta are a T for T couple <laughs> that is t- so powerful that they had to call off the wedding. Because it would just shatter all the laws of the world. They had too much love to share. <laughs> On our sort of like uh, one to ten, ten sort of scale, which if I recall last time, our 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 baseline straight was Sam the Eagle, and our top tier queer was Kermit the Frog. Um, on the Sam to Eagle, Kermit to Frog scale, where do we want to place Oscar for now? Keeping in mind that we might shuffle him around with the other uh, contenders. I would definitely say Oscar is more queer than Sam the Eagle, but mm-hmm. not as queer as Kermit. Halfway. Mm. Fair. All right. Yeah. I, I was going to say he feels like a good midpoint for sure. Yeah, I agree. Excellent. Wanna- Want to put him at a nice little five? Yep. Yes. Strong start. Great. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, I present to you uh, Rizzo, Rizzo the Rat. Short King. <laughs> Gender Envy. <laughs> I feel like Rizzo, he's he's in the same arena as like Kermit and Gonzo. Mm. Mm-hmm. We've already mm-hmm. established that Gonzo is non-binary. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The world has established that. Yes. 
we had Gonzo as non-binary. We decided, I believe, at some point that Kermit was trans. And Ace. Mask. Um, and Ace. And Ace. Like Sherlock the Sherlock the Holmes. Sherlock the Holmes. <laughs> Hi-ho, Sherlock the Holmes here. <laughs> wow. Uh, not to say that there's, like, a middle to this spectrum, but, like, would we pin Rizzo as, like, a he-they as well? Oh, to be a little guy carrying around. Below Gonzo, but above mm. Oscar. All right, I will put Rizzo above Oscar. I agree. Um, Rizzo, I know I said this about Gonzo last time. I don't know that I still believe this, but I think Rizzo absolutely stirs up shit in the local queer community. Yep. Mm. <laughs> you know you know who I also feel does that? Hmm. Uh, uh, Pepe. It's so funny you should bring up Pepe. Ah, I knew it! I know this is the very hairy, scary version, but I did throw in two curveballs, and we'll get to the other one later, of um, Muppets who are kind of not hairy at all. And I mean, Pepe has his hair, but as a prawn, in real life, prawns are some of the least hairy things I can think of off the top of my head. So I do still have him on the list. Where does Pepe the King prawn fit into this spectrum? Because there's no way he's straight. No. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. He's almost obnoxiously pansexual. <laughs> what do you think, Dana? I'm I'm down with the with the pan for uh for Pepe. Yes. Mm. I feel like Pepe is just one drunken Halloween away from developing a drag persona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gen- gender fluid and pansexual. Yes. Pepe the Drag King Prawn. Yeah. Wasn't there a part in the ABC Muppet series where like they're like brainstorming celebrities and like it, like handsome cele- celebrities and Pepe the King Prawn is like, "Ugh, and Josh Groban and everybody's like, "Arf." And Pepe's like, "What? He's a handsome man and gender is fluid." <laughs> I must have missed that part. <laughs> I don't, they didn't get, like, I don't think they got the terminology exactly where they wanted it to go, but it was still a very iconic moment in queer history for me, anyway. This was 2015. Uh, Dana, is Pepe above Rizzo? Below Rizzo? He is above Rizzo. Mm, I agree. All right, so back to the hairy, scary uh, Muppets. I, I bring you one of the hairiest and scariest. Uh, I'm talking about that big, big guy, Sweetums. Yes. Sweetums, who's very tall, unnervingly tall. He has quite the presence in Muppet Vision 4D, Mm. which I saw many times while I was uh, working for Disney in Florida. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. By the time that this episode airs, I will be in Disney World, and I will be at the Muppet Vision 3D, screaming my face off. (laughs) Because I'm unhinged. My main experience with Sweetums is through uh, the original Muppet show in which he does harass quite a few women. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot about the original Muppet show where the characters have developed a bit more. Like, even so soon as the original Muppet movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I... (laughs) For a lot of these, I've been trying to keep my responses separate from what I said in my TikTok series, All the Muppets Are Trans, um, (laughs) because I don't want to just repeat that. Um, That said, on the series, I believe I said about Sweetums is that he's a trans mask who you think is on testosterone, but it just turns out he's Italian. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I say this as a trans mask person, everybody thinks is on tea, but I'm just Italian. Uh, fair. <laughs> so I'm going to stand by that myself. Sweetums is like a grungy gay, right? Like, there's no way Sweetums smells good. Oh, yeah. Sweetums has a very distinct smell that you simply have to get used to over time. Uh, which does not detract or add to the queerness scale here. I just I just felt it needed addressing. No, you're right. You're right. But where are we feeling about Sweetums on the scale? Given that he's a trans mask, not on T, but everyone thinks he is, I would say he is... Above Oscar, but mm-hmm. below Rizzo. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'd buy that. <laughs> this is making, like, looking at this scale as it builds, it's making sense to my lizard brain. Indeed. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, I, I bring you from one of the tallest to one of the smallest. I didn't even know this guy's name until I was Googling Muppets last Christmas uh, after watching Muppet Christmas Carol. Natch. Um, How about Bean Bunny? Bean Bunny. Just that little bunny boy. Aw, he is adorable. I love Bean Bunny very much. Baby queer. That's my assessment. Dana? Baby queer. (laughs) Baby queer. Baby queer. Bean Bunny does not know his gender or sexuality yet, and that's fine. There's no rush, Bean Bunny. You do you, Bean Bunny. Go get him, girl. (laughs) Oh, but how does that fit in to this, uh, hmm... And of course, every every time we rank anything by gayness, and especially fictional characters that we're ascribing identities to, this is not at all, I said this last time, this is not at all to say that any identities are more or less queer. This is just about the energies these that Muppets. these characters put off. Yes. We're talking about the, the energies, TM. Like how, how gay is Cher versus how gay is Madonna, not even taking their sexualities into account, just what's yes. the energy. Yes. So... With that, what where does Bean Bunny's energy lead us? Between Gonzo and Rizzo, probably. Ooh. Okay. That's that strong baby gay energy. Yeah. So below Pepe or above Pepe? I think a I think a hair below Pepe. Mm. One one hair in this very hairy episode. Dana, would you agree? <laughs> I, I agree. Okay. Bean Bunny. All right. I just got to assert my dominance on the show where we bring on a guest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I have just three more Muppets for you. All right. Um, And next I will bring to you uh, the Muppet that every time he shows up on the screen, I do slap my partner's arm point and say, that's my dad. Uh, It's Rolf, the dog who plays (gasps) piano. (laughs) Which, listeners, it's not because I see Rolf as a paternal paternal figure. It's just if my dad was a Muppet, he would be Rolf the dog. I love that. That said, I am going to separate Rolf's queer energies from my dad's not. Sure. (laughs) We're not making any comments on our parents' uh, identities or orientations. This is strictly... Rolf the dog, I want him to play at Tavern on Kamak extremely badly. The downstairs bar? Yep. <laughs> I, oh my god, y'all, I would get blasted and just sing show tune after show tune with Rolf the dog, don't get it twisted. Isn't he the one that sings Poison Ivy on the Muppet Show? Hmm. 
Ooh, good question. I feel like it. Hold on. Let me double check. <laughs> uh, historian CJ is cross-referencing. I think that would be Dr. Teeth. Oh, right. An, a fellow pianist, mm-hmm. to be fair. Yeah, the entire Electric Mayhem is pretty queer, too. Oh, oh. there's one big messy polycule with Animal yes. being their, like, weird adopted kid who is also an adult. After, yes. my, after my first interview, I was watching some Muppets, and I'm like, Janice, trans woman. Mm. You, I cannot be convinced otherwise. The Electric Mayhem is a polycule that is tangled so much in so many different ways. Nobody keeps track of who is dating who anymore. They all just, just rustle, I guess. I will die on the hill that Zoot is a gender because there's no way that Mm. that person, Muppet, that Muppet has any energy to think about gender. Nope. Even a little bit. You're right and you should say it. (laughs) <laughs> also Janice's clothing pink white and blue trans flag <gasps> yes. true facts amazing absolute facts why haven't ha, my, maybe this has happened there's been a lot of Muppet content has Rolf and Dr. Teeth have they ever done like a dueling piano situation well I gotta fucking google that now hold on does it end with them just hugging it out because that's what uh, I want doc- deep in my heart Dr. Teeth dueling pianos a, a very, very cursory glance of Google does not show me results for that. I will be delighted to be proven wrong, listener. <laughs> if I am wrong, please notify me as soon as possible. I'm at C-E-G-J-E-G <laughs> on Twitter. Go send me the video. Anyway. While we, while we wait for that to either be sent to us or for Disney to make it true, yes. um, where does Ralph land on this list? I would say Ralph actually reminds me of my dad for the for the fact that he plays piano. My my dad's not a singer, but mm. he he would have a blast playing at some piano bar and having people sing with him because that's what he and I do when I come home. Oh, that's so good. Um, so I would say between Oscar and Sam the Eagle. Did, did we play Sweetums below Oscar? No, Sweetums is just above Oscar. Yeah, I would I would say Ralph is on the lower end because he, he, strong ally energy. Yes, I was about to say. a great time playing piano in, in neighborhood bars and having people sing with him. And he, he will, he will uh, you know, play Suddenly Seymour as many times as he needs to. Uh, <laughs> In one night. Ralph, yes, Ralph is like an honorary gay. Yeah. Yes. Like he's straight, but he's such an integral part of the community that like what does that even mean at this point? I think <laughs> I think if you asked Rolf, like, are you gay? Are you like even a little bit gay? Like, would you have sex with a man or something like that? Rolf would just shrug and be like, oh, I'll try anything once. <laughs> Yeah. Sure, why not? Is he handsome? Is it Brad Pitt? <laughs> What's his voice type? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Does he play any other instruments? Can we do it? <laughs> Alright. Alright, excellent. Alright, final two. Okay. Um, For our penultimate Muppet in this particular challenge, I'm going to bring you my other curveball of, of a, uh, not a completely hairless, but a... Um, 
pointedly hairless mm-hmm. uh, Muppet in The Swedish Chef, who, mm. you know, not only only has, you know, the hair on his head and the facial hair, uh, but also has the Muppet fuzzless human hands that allow him to make a mess in the kitchen. And people love or hate that. I love it. I love it. For too. the record. The Swedish chef is cracking every egg, but he hasn't cracked one yet, and it's in his mind. Now, I will I will put forth, this doesn't go, this doesn't lend itself in either direction necessarily, but I do think that it's something um, that bears mentioning. Uh, as far as I know, the Swedish chef is the only Muppet to consistently wear a wedding ring. Mm. Hmm. Again, doesn't mean anything either way, but where whichever spectrum, whichever end of the spectrum he's on, there's a there's there's a a Swedish spouse. He he could be Polly. <gasps> he could be. Yeah. Or I, married to a lovely a lovely guy. Yeah. Or both. Or both. He he could be the the Antony of the of the Muppet Fab 5. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I oh my god. I would pay literally any amount of money for a queer eye episode where absolutely everything is the same, but the role of Antony is played by the Swedish chef and nobody oh. in the Fab Five acknowledges that. That'd be so good. Oh, the poor clients, but like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but what is the where where are we putting the Swedish chef on this list of ours? Is he at a Fab Five on this scale? I think we ha- we've got Oscar at the five exactly right. Yeah, I feel like I personally am putting my uh, vote in for Swedish Chef at like a six. I was I was thinking the same thing. Say bet- so m- m- higher than Oscar but lower than Sweetums. Or- yes. Okay. I think anyway. Dana, do you agree? I agree. All right, then we have a consensus. It shall be done. <laughs> Perfect. Who's the final Muppet? The final Muppet. I cannot believe that we left this star of stage and screen off the first time around. Um, But it does make sense that we have him around for the uh, hairy version of this game. I am talking, of course, uh, about the Fuzzy Fozzy Bear. The Waka Waka Man. So you were talking about uh, with the Swedish chef how it bears mentioning that he has a wedding ring, but I think Fozzie bears mentioning. (laughs) (laughs) Fozzie Bear, my favorite autistic Muppet. Yes. I, once again, bringing up my TikTok series, and this is the opinion I stand strongly by, Fozzie Bear is a trans man who you think at first is just a cis guy that passes the vibe check unusually well. Doesn't he wear a scarf? Or just that hat? Yes. He's got a little, like, scarf, a little polka dot scarf, and his hat. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's that's my vote. Dana, thoughts? I would say that Fozzie is in, like, the the gonzo zone. The gonzo. The gonzo, so to speak. (laughs) God damn it. So then this 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 uh, is the real, the clincher here is Fozzie Bear higher on the scale than Pepe the King Prawn. Mm, I think yes. Oh, okay. I mean, what would our community be without bears? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Is, is there a bear bar in, oh, that, oh, it's the bike stop, right? <laughs> I mean, almost certainly, yes. I don't know enough about anything. I mean, it's cer- I feel like it's certainly the closest, too. But Fozzie doesn't where- strike me as a bike stop 
queer. <laughs> well, Fozzie's off at the open mics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fozzie's over the at tavern. Comedy Sports. Comedy Sports Tavern. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hate that making the bear joke, my lizard brain instantly was like, Fozzie Twink. Um, I hate that a lot. <laughs> Fozzie Bear supposes the existence of a Fozzie Twink. It's the evil twin. <laughs> Just a slick, smooth Fozzie. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I don't like. I don't like the idea of a shaved Fozzie Bear. Send your fan art to at c e g j e g. Oh, make sure you block me. I don't want to see a peeled Fozzie. Don't just not send it to Jay. Block them. <laughs> Wait, would that be... Hmm. What? Is, is it the arm underneath? Oh, no. I can't even... Jay, I can't be getting into if the puppeteers are twinks. The answer is yes. <laughs> we can't be going there. We're ranking Muppets. <laughs> Not not their not their character attendance. <laughs> anyway, sounds like we won the game. <laughs> yes, handily. Uh, our final ranking we have at the, from the bottom to the top: Rolf, Oscar the Grouch, the Swedish Chef, Sweetums, Rizzo, Bean Bunny, Pepe, and Fozzie Bear. That all tracks. Yep. I love it. Good yeah, job, Fozzie us. and Kermit at the top. Yes. She feels right. Yes. All true. All facts. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for helping us devise that extremely important work, Dana. My pleasure. Indeed. And thank you for being on the show. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, so my Instagram, where I showcase all of my hair transformations, is at Dana B. Creative. That is D-A-N-A-B-E-E Creative. Hooray. And if you scroll all the way down to June 2021, you can see all my hair get cut off back then. <laughs> Though the one thing I forgot to save is CJ's very witty TikTok of their before and after. And I've, I've shown that to, to many people. Aw, oh, thanks. Yeah, that was a fun one. I mean, it, it's the Brian David Gilbert bit where he's like, I know how much it would disappoint my friends if I changed my appearance. I'm not your friend and you have no say over what I do with my body. So <laughs> that's always going to be a slam dunk for me um, because everybody on TikTok thinks that I'm Brian David Gilbert and I'm just going to ride those coattails yeah. forever. They're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, fuck, we both info dump about shit in a very chaotic way. I can't deny that. Yep. And you can find my gay agenda on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other places podcasts live. I don't know. Go, go to them. Go to their homes. If you are there, why not leave a bunch of stars at their doorstep or some kind words about the show? That'd be great. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our handles on Instagram and Twitter are at Gay Agenda Cast. And our handle on Facebook is that basically nobody uses Facebook anymore. And you can also find us on a more monetary level on patreon.com slash mygayagenda. Um, and you can join us much like Rachel, It's Time to Raise the Curtain, Higgins, Quentin J. Alexander, Sabrina, Jim Nolan, and Tiny Sneal. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. Be as loud about your needs and 
the justices you want to see in the world as Beaker was in the back of this episode. Yes! <laughs> She's a hero. <laughs> yes! Fuck him up, Beaker. <laughs> and that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. We just want to exist.